And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host today, Chris Welsh, joined by Jake Seeley. It is week five waivers. We've got all the waivers. The waiver column is available for you over at theathletic.com. Go and check that out. Or as I've said to many, make sure you're following Jake on Twitter, All In Kid. He tweets out the article, not only the waivers, but the ranks. You can click straight through there if you don't have a subscription, and you can pick one up. Super easy, robust article, best in the industry. Check it out today. We're breaking down some of those pieces, though, but you might want all of it. All the stuff and all the things, Jake. Uh, Waivers kind of stinks. We're going to talk about it in a minute this week. Is my hardcore assessment of stinky week five waivers accurate? I would say, yeah, it's just that we've had usable players, year long usable players in previous weeks. There's just there's a few injuries, but like Javante Williams might play. And then especially if you include him as playing this way, there's just not a lot where you're going to be like, ooh, I can immediately plug them in my lineup, which is bad timing, especially because with the buys, it's almost kind of like, eh, I guess I have to, but The biggest name that we'll get to is actually been out there every single week, which is just shocking that Romeo Dobbs, I'll just bring it up now. Like Romeo Dobbs still sitting out there in almost 50% of Yahoo. Actually, I think over 50% and like almost 60% of ESPN leagues. So it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, it's been kind of a weird year too, because I think we've been given so much. We've been given so every week. It was like, this is the fab buster. Boom. You know, and you can just have all these guys. It's Jerome Ford. It's Devin Achan. You know, there's just... There's so many of them. Josh Palmer, this week, I think we've been coming off, we're coming off the high where we're like, oh, <laughs> there's there's like maybe a guy and maybe this guy is going to have another thing. But that is where we need to dig deeper. Just because there aren't blatantly obvious names, that doesn't mean we need to go deeper and deeper. Like Jake said, there's been a guy out there all the, the whole time. We're going to be going through the top five as far as running backs. We've got the wide receivers. We'll look at some quarterback streamers and tight ends as well if you're in that streaming market. So that is what we have got on docket for you today. A little bit of news right before we start. (laughs) I love this. This is my favorite type of news that exists in the world where there are two conflicting reports. It's the best. So the Colts head coach, uh, Shane Steinen, said that there is a chance that Jonathan Taylor could play in week five against the Titans. Been practicing, you know, quote, unquote, ankle injury we've been dealing with well then ESPN's Dan Graziano not you know the coach so take that for what it is reports that Jonathan Taylor's status with the Colts remains unsettled so not about the ankle or anything about his feelings because we heard about a week ago that Jonathan Taylor still did not want to play with this team but getting in and practicing kind of a whole nother thing your take on Jonathan Taylor. I think it's easy to assess if he is active. You just throw him in and you don't probably worry about it. But like, what is your assessment of him being a Colt 
for this year or getting traded. Him practicing, we know he's going to be somewhere, but is it going to be with Indianapolis? I have no idea. And that's the thing is like, I'm not trying to avoid the question. Just I'm not going to tell anybody to do anything actionable because we don't know. There's like, of course, Steichen's going to say what he's going to say because he's not going to come out and be like, oh, we don't think he's ever playing with us again. Like, because you're also talking about still potentially trading him for value or whatever it might be. But I'm not going to tell anybody to make any moves. Dude, there's risk both sides. You know, if you trade away Zach Moss, nobody wants to trade for him. So you're not going to get anything. If anything, I might quote unquote buy high because it's not even high. Like you can throw in a wide receiver five and somebody will probably give you Zach Moss at this point because they're afraid. I was about to, to say, I think it's like a low. I think it's actually kind of like a buy low type yeah, of thing. Well, buy low in his production, terrifying. but I say buy high because you're buying on somebody who has produced. And that's the thing is like you're buying on somebody who you normally wouldn't be able to get. So yeah. it, relative terms or whatever you want to use, like buy high doesn't, and also buy doesn't mean you have to go get said player. But Jonathan Taylor comes back and gets traded. You know, Zach Moss, you have an RB2 for the rest of the year. But the downside is he comes back and fixes things or gets a one-year kind of make-good deal like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley did. Like they, I mean, he's still under contract, so they would have to like rejigger things or add bonuses or whatever. I don't know what's happening. I like We just don't know. Like So both sides, Taylor and Moss, have upside to be, you know, Jonathan Taylor top 10 with Zach Moss and RB2, but both sides have risk is in the fact that, like, what if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play for another four weeks? And then, what is it? Another six weeks. Shows up at the end of the year, and it gets two weeks for so he can be a free agent at the end of the season. So, I don't know. I'm not going to tell anybody to do specifically anything. You know the outcomes. You know the potential rewards on both scenarios, and if you want to play that game, you play that game. If you're I think if you're three and one, four and oh, you can take the risk and go in to try and get Taylor. Maybe somebody doesn't want that risk. If you're oh and four, you can't afford to go and five and not have Jonathan Taylor for four more weeks. So you gotta you gotta make some moves. Yeah, things are happening. There's an inherent risk in general. We don't know what's going on. Like I, I look at it, I don't know. Like I feel like he should play, he could play, and maybe that could even lead to a trade, but might stick to the guns and just say, you got to get me out of there, but he is practicing. So if you have some investment, I think, or he's getting there to practice. I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good place uh, that we're getting to uh, NFL networks. Ian Rappaport reported that Kenny Pickett is dealing with a bone bruise in his knee. And it's looking very likely that he's going to miss. We kind of, everybody speculated that on that or over the weekend that would put Mitch Trubisky in as the number one quarterback. In your eyes, is there any change negatively or positively to any pieces on this team? I mean, you could say maybe slight uptick just because Kenny Pick has been pretty terrible. But yeah, one good game, usable game. But I don't know that Trubisky is going to come in here and light the world on fire. But I, I think you could argue it's a little bit of an uptick, a little a few more shots downfield. But of course, you have the risk that Trubisky goes sideways and the entire offense does nothing because he's throwing interceptions and he's reckless. But, you know, I'd say slight uptick, similar, you know, go back. Ah, he's not Jameis Winston for the Buccaneers. But in that aspect of like, he'll take more chances, take more shots, will be good for us for fantasy. But it's not enough because we know what the downside of Trubisky is and it's not the upside of that Jameis Winston. So five, 10 percent uptick, maybe to George Pickens. And I mean, but Frymuth is out. And I'm not messing around with Calvin Austin outside of deep leagues who's stepped in front of Allen Robinson. So I'm not overreacting to this one too much. Yeah, if Firemuth was there, I might have actually bumped him up a little bit. I, I felt like that might have been an easy, good safety net, but he's not. And God knows where they're going to go. I wonder if maybe we get a little bit more Najee or something like that. Maybe we can get some. Remember, remember back in the day? 
when Najee Harris got like receptions, lots of them in the backfield. He caught the ball. See, seems like a like a distant past, a far, far past. That's just Jalen Warren now, but maybe he can get a little bit more involved. Uh, another one that we're dealing with. There's a lot, by the way. There's you know the little Saquon play this week. It's a little too early in when we're talking waivers, but um, a reaction to Week Four. A report that Mike Evans is going to be undergoing an MRI with that hamstring injury. So I, I think there was some po- there was some is this more of a Chris Godwin more targets kind of like we saw, or do you think it's going to be you know maybe a guy like Tompkins or something is going to be able to get a little bit more run? I'm not worried about it at all right now because they are on a buy, so we might not even be missing Mike Evans. I mean, you could stash Trey Palmer just because he was already involved more. Devin Tompkins is small, like Tank Dell size, so I would go with Palmer. But you know, we might get to week through week five. The unfortunate thing is, I'm probably not going to get a lot of word on whether or not Mike Evans. We're not. You're not going to get the injury designation, all that type of stuff. Yeah, so I wouldn't go too crazy right now. Stash Trey Palmer if you're in a deep league. That's it. Yeah, Trey Palmer looked pretty good. I I just like how Tompkins was getting some of the run, but Trey Palmer looked good. So we'll monitor where that goes. Mike Evans undergoing that MRI and whatever the hell that could lead to. Let's talk about these waivers, whatever these things are. And I think uh, where you have it at the top is where that's where my brain went to this weekend. But with the potential of Javante Williams coming back up, this could have a little bit of sour grapes coming in at number one on the RB waivers. Jaleel McLaughlin look really good. Look spry kind of kind of has that like, you know, when Jerome Ford would break the big ones or uh, even like Jalen Warren when like P Ryan versus McLaughlin has a very Najee versus Jalen Warren feel to me, but P Ryan is still going to be out there. So talk us through McLaughlin being the number one guy and the inherent risk. Like you mentioned earlier with if Javante plays, I mean, we're kind of, it's kind of all about nothing. It's all about nothing if he plays, and I mean, you can still stash McLaughlin because he looks like the next one up, but I compared it to the situation of A-Chan and um, Mostert, that that you like, if you're looking for the comparison, P. Ryan would be Mostert. Now, neither of them are as good as the Dolphins situation for the team, and I would say running back versus running back has to take A-Chan over McLaughlin, and I'd take Mostert over Samaj P. Ryan. But I think that's your comparison, like the Walmart version of them. So, you know, that's what you're hoping for. You would play McLaughlin as a RB2. We're in a buy. We have four teams in a buy, so you're probably probably playing him as an RB2. But there's the volatility and risk for both of them that neither happens. Like, what if P. Ryan is a 50-50 split? Like, we just don't know for sure. It looks like McLaughlin's the lead, but it could be more of a split just because with complete... No Williams if he's out. They just might have a different game plan. They might just know we just don't want McLaughlin out there to touch the ball 18 times, which is smart because he's not big. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Like this could be put it this way too. We don't expect it, but let's say let's say let's just play the scenario Williams is out and the Broncos somehow are in contention or have the lead, like up three to seven points the entire game. That could just be a P Ryan game. Similar to like a Herbert and Roshan Johnson situation, is that just they're not going to use McLaughlin when they're nursing a lead to grind out the clock. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, and if they're not moving the ball, also it might be P. Ryan on early downs and you're not going to see McLaughlin get, you know, some of those secondary, like, you know, the fifth play, the sixth play of the drive. He was really good in open space. He had 10 total touches. He used three for 32 as far as receiving, caught all three of his targets, seven for 72, over 10 yards per touch on both sides of those. If he gets the run, that's exciting. This team stinks. This is not the previous weeks of RBs that you're looking at, but he is the best next bet. This, I, I don't really don't need to get into this stuff too crazy, but it's like, this is very low percentage stuff. This is not like when we talk about we're in a weird space of like fab and waiver wire. I'm not dropping a number one or number two waiver wire unless I'm absolutely desperate. But, you know, it was funny. You said that I I popped open my ranks last night and I was like, where's all the players? And I was like, oh, yeah, buys like buys are already here. I'm like, ugh, like who is this RB three that I have to put in this week? It looks a little bit grosser with the buys out there. And that's why he might be a little bit more of a viable option. But you're going to have to monitor Javante Williams. So. You know, sparingly use your fab, your waiver wire on uh, on him. Coming in at number two, ugh, Matt Breida. Matt Breida with the Giants you've got here, but Barkley is looming. So do you, what is your expectation with Barkley versus Breida right now? <laughs> the Giants would just mm-hmm. play it smart and just not play Barkley without, I mean, well, I don't know. You could look at it both ways. It'd be like they think they still have a shot. They still have a chance. Maybe they can upset the Dolphins and, get their playoff aspirations back, which look to be completely out the window. And we see this team without Barkley and how different it is. And we're seeing Daniel Jones with no Saquon Barkley. And it's everything expected. Well, at least I did. I mean, like when we talked about it in the offseason. Uh, but if Breed is out there, you have to play him as an RB2. Like he was their bell cow. It was like 80. I don't remember what the final percentage was. I could pull it up right now while we're doing this live on the show to see like where he ranked for RB touch percentage in week four. I think it was, if not at the top, it was near the top because Brightwell barely got involved and that was late in the game. So here we go. Mixon, Moss. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mixon, Moss, Kamara, ETN, Jacobs, McCaffrey, Matt Breida. And that was with mm. garbage time. For Gary Brightwell, I would bet that if I took out the fourth quarter, Breida would be inside the top five. So you have to. It's against the Dolphins. There's upside here. Revenge game. Ooh. But, you know, I love narratives it, like but this is a potential if you're doing waivers on Wednesday, this is a potential non-factor at the end of the week. You're 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 picking somebody up who you might not even have to or not be able to use this week. 
<laughs> the first two. Well, McLaughlin we might be able to use, but like we are talking about the very top two first RBs might not be viable. Well, they're there for Thursday. upside. That's why. That's the biggest yeah. thing. And that's I always I tell everybody I rank my waivers by upside because you're picking people up that you want to potentially have top twenty value, and you're not picking people up to be like, oh cool, I got a wide receiver five, yay. Yeah. Well, it's just the oddity of it. Like I agree with you here. McLaughlin's the guy I'm targeting, and I agree. And if you're you're a little bit running back needy. Looking at this entire list, Brady is a guy that's going to get the touches. And he, if Barkley's not there, it's just it's funny that the top two literally could be worthless by the time we get to this weekend. What comes in at three, four, and five? We've got guys that are having a little bit more stability in here. It's just where is the total upside? Number three is Jalen Warren, like I talked about before. We all want more touches. They just like watching Najee just blindly run into the back of offensive linemen and give Jalen Warren whatever touches he's going to do. But he comes in at number three here, so talk to us about it. Mostly because what you mentioned, the passing game, and that Warren was close behind Najee Harris in points, even with the fumble and the struggles in that game. But this is just more of that if he ever takes over for Najee Harris, and he's usable on top of it because of the split workload. It's very much Najee Harris in the run game, he in the passing game. And actually the better version, question mark, maybe. I don't even know if it's the better version, but slightly better version than the Bears situation where Warren's actually usable more so than Roshan Johnson. But yeah, this is if you don't need anybody for this week, it would be Warren over the top two. Like because if Javante Williams plays McLaughlin, you're not using. And then Brita said if Barkley comes back, Warren would be the one that you would stash for the longest potential return value. Yeah. And if you're in full PPR, Warren really does float closer to like flexibility, he's caught at least three balls in every single game. He has 18 total catches. So the quick math for it was that's four and a half catches per game that he's putting up. So there's some chalk points there as well. I think the yards equal about 30 receiving yards rushing. He's averaging about 20. So, I mean, you're looking at like eight and a half, just like chalk points that you're locked into. And then there's a little bit more upsides. That's not the worst thing in the world in a full PPR, half PPR, slap it down just a tiny bit. The upside is if they just play him more, they love to throw him the ball. Um, let me see on the target front. What is that? 6, 12, 18, 22 targets through the first four weeks. That's pretty dang good coming out of the backfield for the secondary back. Number four, he was on the list last week. We're still doing Justice Hill. All right, go Justice Hill. Even though we saw Gus do a little bit more, is it is it the same kind of narrative as last week with Justice Hill at four? Yeah, he's coming off an injury. They were in the lead, commanding that game. Uh, you probably expect more of a 50-50 split in more normal games, neutral scripts, even where they have to pass. We know it'll be Justice Hill. Uh, this week will be a little bit more telling against Pittsburgh. Decent defense, not what it used to be, uh, but this actually might be a game where they can just lean on Edwards too. Again, you, you pick up Justice Hill because they're using him, but... Who doesn't even make the top five, but was in there again. And I'll just continue to mention is Keaton Mitchell might arguably have the highest ceiling. If you're looking for their version of HN, which wherever just this is the year, you know, last year and year before is uh, compare every wide receiver to Debo Samuel. And now everybody wants to compare mm -hmm. every running back to HN because that's what they're hoping for. They're finding this diamond on the waiver wire. But if you're looking for that actually skill set wise, that's Mitchell. And if it returns this week, he starts to get mixed in more. I mean, he could leapfrog both. It all could also be a committee. We're all three of them, and then we're just, you can't use any of them. Oh, then just like throw Melvin Gordon into the little pot there. They, let, let's let them please have four running backs active on game day. That would be they do. Amazing. They have Lamar Jackson. 
I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one's got a pretty good arm. One scores a lot of points. The others don't really. Number five, you actually did mention him, Roshan Johnson. We saw the we saw everything kind of come back down. I do wonder just a tiny bit if there's going to be anything in play here because of their offense on the uh, and how successful it was early on going with Khalil Herbert. If that's going to be something they take away that split that was going on through the first two weeks because this was a pattern of success, but. The season blueprint has been Herbert and Roshan have been a little bit closer as far as snap percentages go. We saw we've seen Roshan in the passing game, but that just kind of disappeared this past week. So I think that's why we got him back up onto this list at number five. But you know, that's me talking. What say you? Well, similar to Justice Hill, it could be more usage when they have to pass. And as you said, the the smart move might be from what we've seen last year when Herbert stepped in for Montgomery. He was RB one, and this offense worked. So. Do they potentially see that and say, yeah, let's stop screwing around with both of them and just lean on Herbert? But the other upside here is that if Herbert were to get hurt, Roshan Johnson, now you also eliminate. It's not only the like I made this argument for people dropping Cleo Herbert not to because the same thing is like if Roshan Johnson were to get hurt in a game, we often talk about the lead getting hurt. And I tweeted this last week. Maybe it was even the week before. We always talk like, well, what if the lead gets hurt? The backup could be blank. But we never talk about split backfields and what happens if the second piece gets hurt. Like we saw Justice Hill. What happens if Justice Hill gets hurt? Gus Edwards, top 20 running back. What happens if Roshan Johnson gets hurt? Cleo Herbert. Now you don't have to worry about this split. Top 20 running back. And I don't think we talk about that enough. But on the, the main argument here about why Roshan Johnson's here is because if Cleo Herbert gets hurt, completely worry, worry free about these split touches, you know, maybe they get a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, but, you know, Roshan Johnson in front of Mitchell, Chuba Hubbard, same thing. They, you know, Miles Sanders was hurt in that game, but backup, Zeke, backup, game will back. And I'm saying that to because now I'm going down the list and why Roshan's still number five is because it's essentially backups. That this is how, like, we talked about how slim it is. It's just a super slim week at running back. If you lost Herbert and Najee and then it was Jalen and Roshan, who would you want as the theoretical number? Like, who Jaylen would you Warren. value more? It would be one over Roshan. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I know, but I just wanted to like confirm, confirm because no, 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 that no. offense is kind of putrid as well. Uh, the Steelers have really struggled, but you know what? It might be they might switch it up, and it might be even well, better. We've also the seen risk- Jalen Warren with significant touches. We've seen Roshan Johnson only with a share. Like we can project, and the assumption yeah. of the talent of Roshan Johnson, but we've also seen other running backs, Joshua Kelly, who stink when the game is reliant on them being the lead option. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Roshan Johnson, but you asked me which one I would take, and we've seen one and not the other. Speaking of Josh Kelly, Dumpsville. I love this in the article. Dumpsville is out there. Dumpsville Josh last week. Kelly. I just told everybody to wait till Sunday so nobody could use them. That, that's a, it, if people will sabotage drop and be like, ha I'll drop somebody. You're going to lose and get zero points. But with somebody like a running back that's going to have that kind of workload, at least just wait till Sunday morning, drop them for somebody else that you want to stash. I did it. I had one league and I never even used Joshua Kelly because I didn't need to, fortunately. But I wait till Sunday morning. I dropped him for Rico Daddle, who got hurt anyway. But Point being, wait till Sunday morning before you drop somebody like that, just so you can't potentially get screwed over with like a, a surprise performance. I legit feel confident about saying this. It, let's say Eckler's active this week. Kelly will score more points well, this week on, than they're he. On, they're on a bye. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So week six, <laughs> he will score. <laughs> bye weeks for my struggle here. Uh, he will score more points with uh, with Eckler in the lineup than he did in three games without Eckler. I feel 
massively confident about that. Yeah, because that's, he is going to be that's more his valuable. role. That's where he works. That he works off he the team getting the spell from Eckler's focus. Wide receivers on the wide receiver front. You mentioned him before. I'm guessing by how you said it, is this the number one over the backs? Romeo Dobbs, you said number at the very tippy top, he's been here for weeks. He probably shouldn't be. I want to obviously get your take on him versus the other wideouts, but also in the grand scheme of it, do you find him more valuable than the Breda, McLaughlin, Warren type of stuff? Yeah, because we're talking about timeshare running backs and potential one-week plays. So if you're talking about, I don't need running back, Dobbs. Dobbs shouldn't be out there. I put the emoji. It's my little huffy face emoji. Like, I don't know what else to say. If you haven't picked them up at this point, like... I, I, I have a few in there where, you know, I, I use the emojis just for fun also because it like colors it up a little bit. and It's not just words all the way down just to kind of like give a break for your eyes. But the other point, too, is just like, you know, I did give a little bit for Dobbs because Christian Watson's first game back was only out there for 19 routes. And I still would take Watson over Dobbs and Watson has the higher ceiling. But let's not ignore Dobbs. And that's kind of like what that face is like. You know, he's been in the waiver wire now four straight uh, Dobbs was there preseason, week one, two, three, four, and now five. Like, there's, there's nothing left to say at this point. If you don't want him, I'm not saying, like, you might be in a shallow league. And I'm not saying that to be, like, rude and be like, oh, you guys suck. I can't believe you don't want him. Why don't you listen to me? Just, like, you might not have a spot for him. You might just listen to us and have a stacked roster, and there's no spot for Dobbs. It's like, do I drop Jamison Williams for Dobbs? Like, you might have a team like that. So, um, yeah, what else do we add at this point? He's top two well, option on this team. He's top in routes, team target percentage, route percentage, all part like he leads everything on the Packers. And now that's probably going to come back with Christian Watson, but he'll still be the two. I think the thing we can add is Jamison Williams. I actually have that exact thing that you're talking about where like I've I to be honest with you, now I'm thinking about it, I'm not hundred percent sure if um if Dobbs is sitting out there available, but in one of those leagues I have it where the only guy that's uh that I could cut would be Jamison Williams. And that's not someone I'm going to cut because I do have some shares. He is active this week. He is back. But what will that look like? Well, that's a big question. But he comes in at number two on the waivers if he's sitting out there for you. So talk me through it. It's just pure upside. Look, we have had nothing from Jamison Williams. You know what we've had? For everybody, everybody remembers the touchdown catch. Do you realize that's his only catch? Like, like he's Nine targets, one reception, 41 yards in the touchdown. That is it. But the upside of Jameson Williams, the player, Jameson Williams, the talent, what we saw in college, Jameson Williams, if he hits, is now we're looking at this could potentially be Amara St. Brown and Jameson Williams could be their Lions version of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Like, And I'm pulling Devonta Smith in because Jameson Williams, Devonta Smith. There was a lot of comps that came out. Jameson Williams has that upside, but we've seen before talent doesn't mean you're going to hit he's in a great spot though jared Goff has been playing really good he plays exceptional at home pretty good at, and domes out on the road but outdoors you just don't want to play him as we saw again uh part of that was they were in control of that game so they didn't even need him to but the numbers are there he's significantly like worlds better at home but this offense is going to have value we've seen josh reynolds have value outside of the game that he was hurt and not 100 percent So if Josh Reynolds could do it and Jamison Williams could hit on his talent, you could argue that Williams deserves to be over Dobbs on pure ceiling alone. But I said, I often rank by ceiling Dobbs ceiling. We've heard it like he's a wide receiver three It's probably also his floor slash ceiling is two. Um, But Williams has the ceiling to be a top 15 wide receiver. So if you wanted to pick him up over Dobbs, I wouldn't fault you for it. 
You you had something interesting in there too. You said he's in that wide receiver three area with Nico Collins and the Nico Collins range. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm such a Nico Collins guy this year. I think he is the clear cut number one, as fun as Tank Dell is. That like Williams's upside is actually greater than Nico, but there's a very the Gabe Davis like name. Yeah, it's much worse. Like, so I, I think I would actually prefer Nico because I think Nico's floor and ceiling oh, I would. equates yeah. to, yeah, it's a little bit higher. But, but Williams has that but Gabe Davis like thing where it's taking up five catches for two touchdowns and 180 yards. Well, so this is, this is why you go to the athletic, by the way, which people are listening for, is um, in the middle of writing my game previews and CJ Stroud. A lot of quarterbacks are, uh, all quarterbacks are pretty much going to be better when they're not pressured versus to when they are pressured. And the numbers are stark for C.J. Stroud. Actually, zero touchdowns when pressured. Six, All six touchdowns when not pressured. QB rating almost double. Tank Dell has been the significant decrease. He's basically un, not involved. Two receptions when C.J. Stroud has been pressured. Nico Collins actually still sees a lot of his value when C.J. Stroud has been pressured. So in a matchup like this with the Falcons are just 17th, this could be a Tank Dell comeback game. I'm not saying to bench Nico Collins. I'm not saying I would rank Tank Dell in front of Nico Collins. I'm just saying that boomer bust situation could be because Tank Dell sees so much more use when CJ Stroud has time and time to let him get deep. That's a very, very good take because I think a lot of the most asked question I saw in the start and sit stuff this weekend was Tank Dell. It was Tank Dell over this guy, Tank Dell over that guy. Now everybody is going to feel really burned and you might have, that might be the little edge of figuring out Tank Dell, the, the Rubik's Cube that is Tank Dell. It's like, well, when there is not a lot of pressure or there's less pressure going to be involved, then Tank Dell is going to have a better opportunity for some big plays. I love Nico Collins. By the way, if you can hear that, I apologize. I didn't know the, the yard people were going to decide to trim the flipping tree outside my house while we're doing this. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just they're just doing work, Jake. There's a couple guys, couple gals, just doing some work. We're all good here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did hear some of it. I was wondering if there's like a waterfall or something. That no, on, so. there's like they're legit. I, I I pulled up my outdoor camera. They're legitimately trimming the tr- the branches on the tree in, in my front yard. I feel like your camera, you your camera has to have like outside audio. There's no chance you don't scream at people through that camera. Oh, right. I, is it I, one of those where you can talk? Why do people out? think I would do that? No, I don't do that. I don't know. I, I could, <laughs> I don't but know. I'm not gonna, get away from my yard. <laughs> I just can't understand. I can't yard. understand. <laughs> I'm going to do the full. Uh, oh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. You're, you're, you're the, the always happy demeanor. I can't understand why you might not yell at something. I'm doing a podcast here. What are you doing? Uh, number three. Stanford's own. If you listen to the game, they couldn't stop talking about, look at all these touchdowns from the Stanford alumni. 
Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson did score two touchdowns. He got seven targets. Looks pretty fun. Cardinals, I got to stop saying the Cardinals stink because they keep keeping themselves in games. And Michael Wilson's getting some of that run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. They don't want him, I guess. Um, But Michael Wilson comes in at number three behind Jamison Williams and Dobbs. What type of upside is it? it, The wide receivers are so much better, by the way, this week than those running backs. Like all these wide receivers, there's like levels of startability, I think, from your entire top five where I could see not starting any of your top five running backs. But um, digress on to Michael Wilson. It really comes down to Michael Wilson, also somebody who's been there every single week, much further down the list than Romeo Dobbs, mostly because. We expected this offense to stay like you just said it. We expected the Cardinals to stink and like Joshua Dobbs. Give him credit. He's out there. Top 15 quarterback so far. And you could play who. Let me ask you. Like I know where this isn't a ranking show, mm. but your team, would you not? And I, I am going to phrase it that way. I am going to lead the question. Would you not start start Dobbs over Daniel Jones at this point? Um. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's so funny? That's actually so interesting. You say that because I've got some stuff going here. Of course. No, uh, in the. But. In the next day or two of having to pick, you know, some of my best plays, we do it over and in this league. Dobbs is my guy this week. Dobbs is actually my surprise quarterback for the week, exactly to what you're saying. So yeah, I would pick him over. Dan Jones looks atrocious, absolutely atrocious. There's now, a of course you can get Barkley with- back. I was just sidebarring the fact that Dobbs has been better, and the biggest thing is Michael Wilson since the preseason reports and watching him, and since week one, every single week. He has been out there as the number two, not the three, not only three wide sets, 11 sets, slot up. No, he is the number two and his talent. You got to overlook in the draft by a good amount of people. I think I had him in the third tier, if I remember correctly. I have to look at my list because I don't I remember like if I made a break. I'm trying to remember where I broke in the second tier at. But anyway, point being, I had him definitely inside my top 10 wide receivers and he got overlooked by a lot of people and the Cardinals made the investment and the Cardinals have been using his number two. Real life NFL number two wide receiver ability, like real life. And if you told me, you know, going forward that put it this way, this is tough to believe, but it's going to put it out. If Dobbs was the quarterback, Kyler Murray doesn't come back, which is still something that could potentially happen. But Dobbs plays at this level, which has been middle quarterback. He hasn't been top 10. He's had some rough showings. Uh, he hasn't been great all the time, but just maintains, just maintains this playability there for the rest of the year. And you told me who's more the safer bet. Michael Wilson's the better bet than Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams has the higher ceiling. But if Dobbs mm-hmm. was be able to sustain this, the only reason we're not buying into Michael Wilson already was because we don't necessarily believe in Joshua Dobbs in this offense. Otherwise, Michael Wilson's been out there and he finally hit. Exactly. Number four is Zay Jones. And this is a weird situation because I thought if you were going to be talking up Zay, it'd be because Christian Kirk has kind of had a downfall. But it's been Calvin Ridley the last three weeks. Christian Kirk had a bad week one. He's been more of a force in week two. Zay Jones just gets out there and does it. This team has just faltered into the first month. But Zay Jones, I completely agree, is just one of those guys you're always staring at because Calvin Ridley is becoming a way more boomer bust. I think safety well, nets belong with these two wideouts. So where are you on, Zay? I was going to dig into that today to find the numbers, but it feels like, at least what we're watching, when all three are out there, it's Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. When Zay Jones is out, it's actually Christian Kirk, then Calvin Ridley, which is the crazy, the weird thing. That's what it's weird about it. It's so, that's at least what we've seen. I wonder what the numbers tell us, but objectively, just watching, Christian Kirk has been the one when Zay Jones has been out, but he's fallen to three, mostly because he's out there 10 times fewer 
running routes 10 times fewer than Kirk or, or Ridley and Zay Jones come you know, together. Um, I think the very first week it was something like uh, 38 to 28 or something like that. Um, but that's the biggest thing. So if there is no Zay Jones again, I mean, you're going to still play Calvin Ridley, but Christian Kirk's a must play. But the problem is, is Zay Jones is out there. He runs as the two. One additional thing I mentioned in the waiver column that you didn't mention, though, is that Christian Kirk, when they do place a face a man-heavy coverage team, Christian Kirk is still a good play, even if Zay Jones is playing. Zay Jones does a lot more against zone. He does some against man, too, but Christian Kirk just destroys man. Actually, I'm kind of curious right now to see. Let's. That's actually up. what the team the team said that after week uh, one, after because it was his own coverage game. They had said, like, we're not worried about this with Kirk because Kirk loves man coverage. And then the next week, Kirk went off. So that is a 100% factual so, thing. Kirk destroys in man coverage. Atlanta Falcons have the 10th highest man coverage, though, before everybody goes crazy. Uh, so I would say Kirk is fine this week. Before anybody goes crazy for that, from the 8th ranked man coverage to the 22nd ranked man coverage is only a 10 percentage point gap. So it's not huge. It's basically you're more looking for the outliers. You're looking for the ones yeah. that like the Indianapolis Colts run man 9% of the time, the Packers 10%. You're, so you're looking for those because Carolina 13%. On the top end, Cowboys run man 40% of the time. Browns 38, Giants 36, Saints 35. So you're looking for more of the outliers. The, the middle of the pack is probably going to not fluctuate as much. And the Cowboys come up as the last on, that we're going to talk about here, waiver wire option, Brandon Cooks. So uh, Brandon Cooks coming in below Zay Jones. Brandon Cooks has not really been involved. Michael Gallup is getting more involved here. So uh, thoughts that you want to add to Brandon Cooks? Yeah, but Michael Gallup has still been the number three. It's actually kind of you can compare it to the Zay Jones <laughs> and Christian Kirk situation. It's, Brandon Cooks is out there as the two. The only problem is the Cowboys, look at what they've done in their games. Destroy everybody. Or then you had the one upset where they were playing from behind the entire time, surprisingly. But they just haven't passed a ton. And, you know, Gallup got the one that we like the one game last week where everybody is noticing. But. Brandon Cooks has still been out there at number two, but this is, you said wide receiver is more appealing, but wide receiver immediately drops off as soon as you get to number five. I mean, because if you're talking about five from down there, now you're talking about Tyler Boyd, who could be a one week play and he has a broken Joe Burrow. And then Quentin Johnston, who saw a bump in routes, but is still far back at three and Rasheed Rice and Wondell Robinson and DJ Chark, who's temporary. T- Traylon Burks is only a play. He was out, but he's only a, he's basically a backup. He's a handcuff to your wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins at this point. So Wide receiver might have some appealing options at one through four, but it gets ugly fast. Uh, Dumpsville, we don't have to do anything big. Juju, I think Juju's been on this a couple weeks. So you would note it like uh, did maybe you the see only what people that still have him. Yeah, yeah, like only people that have him have quit. So uh, <laughs> I think it's funny, but uh, there wasn't much, on, I think, on the wide receiver Dumpsville. But I just wanted to put him back out there because it's been bad. Streaming options real quick. Quarterbacks, uh, your top three, CJ Stroud, Russell Wilson, and Sam Howell. I agree. I uh, Stroud, I think, is back in QB1 at this point. Russell Wilson, because of just how bad that team is, they're always playing from behind. And Sam Howell just kind of keeps doing it. I, I'm negative about Sam Howell, but he just keeps going. He hates Jahan Dotson. He wishes Jahan Dotson was on another team. This so is uh, It's like how Zach will... Yeah, so do I do. It's like <laughs> Eli Moore on the Jets. It's just like, okay, I don't know what we're doing here, but uh, anything you want to add to these streaming quarterbacks? Uh, more so, like, did you get the approval for Elijah Moore to cut off his name like that? He give you the okay. Yeah, I I do that. Yeah, more buddies like that. I do. I don't. Uh, there's something about fair, Elijah for some reason. To be fair, for uh, Sam Howell, uh, okay, 
beyond miserable against the Bills. Zero points, mm-hmm. actually, and like 0.6, I think, or 0.7 or 8 or something like that in that game. But outside of that, 15, 21, and 20. Like, it hasn't, like, it's been one miserable hell of a game. But Sam Howell in the other three games is more than startable. And Sam Howell so far, oh, by the way, better than Daniel Jones, better than Geno Smith. Granted, he left the game. Better than Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford. Like, just, and that's with the yeah. terrible game. Yeah, the, the first one didn't do anything for me. But when you get to, like, Stafford and stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. That's well, I mean, good. everybody being, had Daniel Jones. Being better like than Daniel Jones isn't tough. I had Daniel Jones as a low-end QB1 to start this year because, you know, run for 700 yards. I wasn't expecting Barkley to get hurt. I was expecting it to be as miserable as it yeah. always is in the passing game. But I wasn't expecting Barkley to get hurt already. And if you take those other three games, I know, again, you have to incorporate that game. But just if you didn't, his fancy points per game are almost neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes is, we're doing this again. What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're not doing any Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Chiefs, Kelsey things. Uh, over on the tight ends, I just wanted to note this. You had Cole Komet, Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson. We've seen Ver- Ferguson get just a lot of red zone stuff, getting a little bit more target share lately. I love the Cole Komet one. I'm so there with you. I-, I think the Bears have to look at, hey, what worked? What worked when our offense was clicking? And those two things were Khalil Herbert and Cole Komet. And I think Cole Komet's got to get more involved. And I think he's going to get. So I'm with you on that top share of Cole Komet as your uh, top tight end streamer. Yeah, it's usually helpful when you don't make your offense one dimensional. It's all right. It's not. It's not. It's it's an OK thing. It's an OK thing. Bears are still <laughs> learning it. So if you guys want to see who all the options are, more streamers, more waiver picks, go to theathletic.com. You can find Jake's article, or you can obviously just go to his Twitter handle, click on the article. Any article you click on, it'll give you the ability to sign up, do that. It's always a great price. There's deals always happening. Check it out. Go and get that article. Plus, at uh, midnight from Tuesday to Wednesday, bam, automatic hit. You can get the week five ranks in every week, therefore, which is one of the best articles. It's robust, tons of stuff, and it's updated throughout the week. So make sure you go and check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here because coming up in a couple days, Brandon Funston and I will be doing the ranks. We will battle out our ranks versus Jake's. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Find him on Twitter at AllInKid. You can find me at Is It the Welsh? We'll talk to you next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast.